Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Sometimes I wonder, do we realize referees are humans? Because far too often, I see evidence to the contrary. Today, we're going to speak to a young man who's going to share his story, which I hope can help humanize him and his peers in the eyes of many adults in youth sports who need a reality check. Let's get to it. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As you start thinking about your spring sports season, the TeamSnap app can help you spend more time focusing on coaching and less time worrying about the team management side of things. Even in this preseason time, coaches can use the app to start building relationships with players and parents through the messaging features. Plus, once your spring schedule's ready, put it on the app for parents to easily sync to their calendars. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. Just a few weeks ago, my son Elijah's team won the Minnesota Cup, and we stayed to watch one of his friends play in his championship game. The other team wasn't as skilled, and they resorted to more physical play. I thought the referee and his side judges were calling a terrific game, yet that didn't stop a handful of parents from prematurely screaming for calls. There was one in particular who was especially loud and obnoxious. So in the second half, after a foul, he immediately screamed before the referee even had a chance to blow his whistle. Truth be told, I've seen worse, but the father couldn't help himself, venting even when it wasn't necessary. The adult referee came over to his teenage side judge and asked if he wanted to reprimand that father, perhaps with a yellow or red card. But the father quickly realized what was happening and he signaled that he would chill out. And he did. It appeared he literally snapped out of it as if he was not himself and that verbal warning was the prompt he needed. I get it, we all make mistakes, but the damage is having huge ramifications on youth sports with older officials calling it quits and younger ones not signing up enough to fill the void. I've known Josh Mahoney for a long time and I've watched him rise through the referee ranks, bringing so many great qualities to his craft. In part one of my conversation with him, we're going to find out more about his experiences playing sports, some of the people who've impacted him, and what drew him to become an official at the age of 12. Let's go right to it. Well, I am so excited to have as my guest today, Josh Mahoney. Josh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, why don't you just share with the listeners, I'm curious your perspective on just how we know each other. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we first met probably through my dad, just through Minnehaha and everything, then getting to know you more kind of as years went by. And then with you being the soccer coach, I guess, and working with Ben a little bit and just kind of seeing you around at different things, been good to get to build that relationship. Yeah, it's been so interesting. As you said, your father's name is Sean, spelled the same way as mine as well. And yes, we've certainly been friends for several years, but it's been interesting to see your journey as a athlete, but then also as as an official. And you've continued that even as a student in college. And so before we get into that, Josh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your family and just what sports has meant in your life as a young person? 
Yeah, so I'm the oldest of four children in my family, um, which has been very interesting. A lot of fun. Three great siblings that are all younger than me now, and kind of now it's fun seeing like my younger sister is going to college now. So interesting to see you know like how she made her decision and everything. And then growing up, I mean, sports was always a big part of my life since who I was. You know, started playing baseball at a young age, probably six, six or seven. Stuck with it. Always loved playing baseball. My dad loves baseball and taught me to love baseball. And then get into basketball too, a little bit of soccer, whatever else. And then when I was 12, initially, I just wanted to start making money. I figured I'd go umpire a baseball game. Turns out you had to be 14 to do that, but I found out you could get into soccer. So I started refereeing soccer and I've kind of stuck with it since then. And did you continue to play sports? Because you mentioned three different sports that you played. But, you know, I mean, I I always found you so busy just officiating. Like most weekends and even during the week, you know, you'd pop up at places and we'd sometimes see each other, you know, at the same facilities. Yeah. So, I mean, even with all that, all through high school, I was playing baseball and basketball. I was the captain of the varsity baseball team senior year. You know, it was kind of difficult with the pandemic hitting my junior year and everything, but still managed to have a lot of fun doing that. So, yeah. That's awesome. And was that pretty accurate from what I said earlier that, I mean, you were pretty much trying to officiate whenever you had free time though, right? Yeah, as much as I could. I mean, I wanted to make money, obviously. And then, you know, as I kind of started to get better at it and progress with it, I discovered a real passion for it and a desire to improve and continue to work my way up the levels. So, yeah, it was definitely a focus of mine, even with all the other busyness. Now, as a athlete, what was your favorite childhood sports-related memory? That could be something that you experienced, you know, as a fan. It could be a special sports highlight or moment for you as a player. But what stands out in your mind when I ask you that? That's a good question. I mean, as a fan, for sure, it's got to be probably the 2015 Final Four. Our whole family went to Indianapolis for that. My mom went to Kentucky for grad school, and she's a huge Kentucky basketball fan. But for whatever reason, I sort of became a Duke fan, maybe to antagonize her a little bit. And so Duke ended up winning the the tournament that year. And that was, it was really cool to be there and experience that. I think just all of my senior year, it it just kind of meant a little more, especially after not having a season the year before that, just being able to compete again with, with my teammates and my friends, getting to have that experience, kind of being able to enjoy it a little more, not taking it for granted after everything that happened in 2020. It's a good perspective. Growing up, which coach encouraged and inspired you most? I would probably have to say Coach Coach Glenn at Minnehaha over there, the, the varsity baseball coach, or even Coach Mannion too, I would say. Him a little more outside of just baseball too, because I had him as a teacher as well. But really just encouraging me to develop myself both on and off the field, become a better person, better player. And then with that, I mean, I also had this a bit of an arm injury going into senior year, so I wasn't able to pitch as much, which was kind of the role I had envisioned for myself. So then they kind of were trying to encourage me to find my role, find how I could contribute to the team outside of what I had initially planned and just be able to better my teammates as well along with that. Josh, what was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenger defeat as an athlete? My freshman year, it was the first game of the season, just freshman baseball. I ended up ripping my knee up. I tore, tore some cartilage in my knee just first game of the year. That was really, really tough on me physically and mentally. You know, I was like 
why now? Why, why did this have to happen to me? You know, so that was really tough. Had to have surgery on that physical therapy, the whole, the whole nine yards there. And so really had to learn how to motivate myself to want to even return. And then, you know, to get stronger and be able to come back better than ever and to kind of overcome those doubts of like, why did this have to happen to me and be able to fight through that. What's something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your journey so far? I mean, they've always been very supportive of me. So like even with the knee injury, stuff like that, like they've always been very helpful in like lifting me up, encouraging me, helping me get through tough times like that. Or, you know, if I have a bad game or whatever, when I'm beating myself up there, they're there to pick me up. And then kind of now where I'm officiating and kind of moving up that way, they've been very supportive and very, very proud of me, very, very supportive and there for me whenever I need them, so. Was there anything in middle school or high school that you kind of wrestled or struggled with, you know, sort of a challenge that you dealt with that didn't have anything to do with sports? I mean, honestly, the pandemic was was something that, that really hit me hard. Mm-hmm. It was really tough being forced to be at home and not really doing for a couple months. You know, you didn't get to see your friends. You didn't get to go to school, do anything that you normally do. And that was tough. You know, I had that from one day to another, my life completely changed. It was hard to adapt to that, but definitely I think it made me a better person where I am now. So grateful in the long run, but it was definitely a tough experience. In what way, when you look back at that time, did you grow or become a better person? Yeah, I mean, I think it helped me to, and not that I didn't, you know, care about my friends or other people, but it helped me to focus on myself, kind of grow myself a little bit, spend some more time, you know, in the Bible, studying the Word of God, that was big. And then just finding ways to kind of better myself that, you know, maybe before I'm saying, oh, I don't have time for that, like lifting weights or going outside, shooting hoops, whatever, that extra mile to put in some work and get better, even when nobody was you know, telling me, oh, you have practice today. You have to go do this or that today. Like being able to go out by myself and improve. Now I want to sort of shift a little bit. I know you said you continue to compete through high school, but the officiating thing, what was it about it? You you shared that you were looking to make some money. You couldn't do baseball umpiring right away. Soccer was available. What kept you continuing to do that at such a young age, starting at 12? Yeah, I mean, initially it was definitely just the money. I was going out there, I would make 300 bucks in a weekend or whatever. And, you know, as a 12, 13, 14 year old, that's, that's good money. You know, you can go out and buy fast food or whatever, you know, just whatever a kid wants to do. And then ended up saving some of that too and investing a little bit. So that was, that was definitely a big part of it. And then kind of as I started to get older, started to meet some people, work with some mentors and kind of learn like, okay, here's what I have to do to get to the next level. I don't know. I I just got the bug, I guess. I started to feel really motivated and really passionate about it to work, to improve and get better and try to see where it takes me. And how do you kind of get to the quote unquote next level as a young official like you were? Yeah. So it takes some work, definitely. I mean, you got to have some experience before, like, you're not just throwing any new 13-year-old on, you know, the most competitive state cup game or whatever. So it definitely takes some work. You have to do the little kids, do the youth games, learn what it takes, get better, try to work with some mentors. Most youth clubs these days have mentoring programs where they can have somebody go out and watch you and help you get better. 
and provide constructive criticism as well. And hopefully you can learn from that. And then beyond that, I mean, you kind of have to do something on your own where you got to reach out to certain people and be like, Hey, what, what do I need to do? How do I do this game or that game? Like, what do I need to do to get to that spot? Yeah. Just kind of go from there. We all know that sports is an important building block for today's youth. Sports teach kids valuable life lessons, leadership, teamwork, perseverance, and much more. But today's youth face more pressure than ever before, in the classroom, at home, and even on the field. TeamSnap, the presenting sponsor of Winning Is Not Everything, will be hosting a webinar on mental health in youth sports. On June 29th at 1 p.m., I will have a conversation with Minnesota Vikings linebacker Brian Asamoah on his experience with mental health in youth, college, and professional sports. An advocate, Asamoah brings a unique perspective to the table as he discusses his own experience with mental health and the importance of prioritizing mental health in youth sports. Check out our social media for more details. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. Also, I've launched a new newsletter, the Youth Sports Sanctuary, which aims to provide a safe space to ask questions and engage in discussions on the important challenges and issues in youth sports. Before I close though, my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap and I are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches and youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And we want to recognize Dante Prevet, who leads the planning and execution of coach education initiatives for the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative. Among many other roles, Dante is the creator of NFL Flag Philly, and he's in his 15th year of coaching tackle and flag football, rugby, lacrosse, and basketball. Congratulations, Dante. Last but not least, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to app to help you have a successful spring sports season. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.